All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a potty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shesko. Gentlemen. What's up? It is a fun and furious time in both the Premier League and Fantasy Premier League. Yes, it is. And we're here to record it all. Are we? I think so. Okay. Everything but the midweek matches. <laughs> A good bit of it. What's wrong with the midweek matches? Nothing's wrong with them. It's just that by recording this on Sunday nights like we do, it's very difficult to get a full picture of what took place in the game week when we record once a week. Right, so we're, we're missing the Chelsea-West Ham game tomorrow. That's right. So we're recording this, as I said, Sunday night, five matches into a six-match game week, game yes. week 33. Chelsea and West Ham will be playing tomorrow as we discuss what's happened so far in game week 33. Uh, a condensed game week because of the FA Cup semifinals. That's right, but we knew this. We knew that... 33 would feel a lot like 31. And it sure did. Probably feels a lot more like week 31 than many people would have wanted. Well, I agree. I, like a lot of other people, a lot smarter than me, I just took cues from other people, felt like that was going to be the case. Hence the reason why I never wanted to free hit in 31, just wanted to prepare for it so that I would be prepared for 33 as well. Well, the average score in game week 33 so far has been 20 points. So there's a lot of ill-prepared FPL owners right now. But hey, you know what? What can you do? All you can do is keep putting this podcast out there like we do and hope that some people are going to listen to it at some point, right? That's true. So we're going to keep doing that again tonight. We're going to discuss <laughs> the five matches so far in game week 33. We're going to start with a one final look back to this season's free hit debate between Dave and myself that took place between game weeks 31 and 32. Of course, 32 ended after we recorded last, last week. That's correct. A number of midweek matches took place in that bloated double game week for the majority of Premier League clubs, or I guess half of them. And so we're going to finalize that conversation. Then we're going to get into the five matches that took place, including Liverpool taking the league lead once again. I've got Scott's stat of the day surrounding that. I'm going to ask you guys if there's a particular player on Southampton who we should consider an FPL stud or dud until the end of the season. Okay. We have an epic. I mean, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I at least know that as I'm looking at it on our agenda, it is an epic how to say 
with Brian J. Uh, probably. Today. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at you. All right. What can I say? You're going <laughs> to scream your heads off. Oh, I can't. I think you will because of what we've made you do. We're going to play a game that I'm calling At the Beach. A new, a new segment? Yeah. It's time for us to discuss some of the clubs in the Premier League and whether or not their players are already at the beach. Okay. And if they are, we need to stay away in FPL. This should be an interesting moment. I can think of four of them that are already for sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, stay tuned for that, Brian, as well as those who are listening. Yeah. And then uh, we have to give Dave his obligatory. It's actually in his contract that if two Arsenal matches have been played since the last time we've recorded, he he's contractually obligated to do a an Arsenal moment. Yeah, it was nice without it last time, but... We're due. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-uh. And then we're going to say goodbye, just like we did last week, which probably means very poorly. We're going to say goodbye to another relegated club. This week it will be Fulham. Uh. Fulham Football Club. Uh, officially and completely relegated from the Premier League after the season comes to an end. All that and more coming. Are you gentlemen ready? Let's do this. Yeah, let's get on to it. All right. The points are in. The tallies are complete. David Smith, you earned between game week 31 yes. and game week 32. Correct. 31, you decide to take a hit and not play a free hit on the first shortened week of the season. You scored 22 points. You followed that up in the double game week, the, the, the 32, the big bigger game week. You played your free hit there. How many points did you score last week, Dave? I scored a 101. Which is excellent. Yeah, thank you. It's very good. Right. It was a good week. Combined total, 123. That's correct. Yes. Over two weeks, I think most people would take something like that, right? Yeah. You're climbing up our mini league rankings. How's your overall ranking look? You're um, climbing in that as well? Yeah. This week, I've done pretty well. That's true. I'm having a Vardy party like a lot of people, right, Brian? <laughs> like a like a handful of people, but yes. Vardy party, Vardy party, Vardy party. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> let's, st- let's stay on track. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. 31 and 32 right now. Not all, right, all right, all right, all right. We'll get to Vardy in a moment. And by a moment, I mean about 27 minutes. <laughs> I scored, with my free hit in game week 31, a whopping 49 points. Good. good. That's a good score. Followed up on that in game week 32 by just using my normal squad and, and getting as many double game weeks from my normal squad, not free hitting to get all double game weeks, I got 77. It's pretty good. Not too bad. I was a little bummed because I left 15 points on my bench. So, you know, had I played my bench boost, I would have gotten 92, but instead I scored 77 points in game week 32. very fortunate that Dwight McNeil scored his first Premier League goal along with Bernardo Silva getting his first scoring returns in the last 10 games. But other than that, you did great. I mean, sub those guys out, put my bench players in. It's all the same, right? Okay, sure, yeah. 77 points for a, a 126. 126, Scott, score last time I checked. Is bigger than... 123. Which was your score. Correct. So if we're going to look at this from just a purely anecdotal standpoint, then I win again two years in a row. And it is better to play a free hit in game week 31 than it is on game week 32. Dave? Scott, you are right and wrong. Mm. Somehow you always try to make it that way. Well, it might just be the facts, Scott. Okay, what do you got? Facts are this. Facts are, technically you beat me. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is fact. Technically, okay, 126 to 123. Technically, that is true. you beat me. At that point, I mean, it's three points difference. I'm not I'm not gloating over here. Sure. This, this is Fair enough. Three points is essentially, I mean, it's a push. I want to say a few points. All right. Number one, anyone else, and there was others in the league, and, I, and my guess is all around that free hit in 32 and just did as best they could in 31. Anyone else in our league who did that, and there was multiples, would, they all beat you. <laughs> okay. All right. It literally took... So it's, the, just, so it's just you is what you're saying. It was just me. <laughs> that, that's my big takeaway here. It literally, <laughs> it literally took the worst week of the year for me in 31 when I got my 22. Uh, it took that to win it. Now, again, my thing is this. My whole thing is based on the principle. And Brian, I think you would agree at least slightly with this. The principle is... There is more options. There are, were better teams playing in 32 with better matchups. So the chances are the scoring would be way better if you did that, if you used the free hit for 32. You had limited options if you free hit in 31. And so just going with the bare numbers, it makes sense in my world, in my opinion, to free hit in 32. The other thing was this. If you prepared for 31, not using a free hit, just using your normal team. If you prepared for 31, again, I got this from a lot of other people. This didn't come from me. But I knew this going into 31, that because of how the match weeks were going to fall, that 33 was going to be really similar to 31. So if you were prepared for 31, then when you got to 33, which is this week, you were going to be prepared and I had to make two transfers, and I had a full starting 11, and I had a good week. I didn't have a great week. I had a pretty good week. And granted, most of it was the fact that I captained Jamie Vardy. Mm. So I'll take that. And I know that, look, half the time naming your captain is a little bit of luck. Now, the fact that they were playing Huddersfield, okay. I mean, it's not that tough of a pick. Yeah. But I did. I transferred out Harry Kane for the week. I, I will figure out. I'd like to figure out how to bring him back in, especially because I think they're playing Huddersfield this week. If correct me if I'm wrong, we can Brian. talk about that in the yeah. preview. So I brought in I brought in Vardy and King were my two transfers for Kane and Quainer. Ghostman is gone. Mm. Wow, Dave. And I didn't get anything from Josh King, but man, I captained Jamie Vardy, and he brought home the bacon. Now, is this part of the you're gloating about 33, or is this still related to? The fact that you yeah, lost. Yeah, it's true. The bet. He changed the subject a little bit. He's feeling great about this last game week thirty three, <laughs> but the fact still remains. Okay, sure. All right, so had fine, I bet fine. anybody you, else, yes, I get your point. Your point is me. the point. Brian, Brian, like if you'd have bet Brian, he'd have smoked you. Like it wasn't even close. Like again, Brian did it way better than me. So but, the premise was: look, yes, you won the bet with you and I, but I will stick with the fact that you lose the premise that you're better off. To free hit in 31. Dave, why do you think I keep making bets with you and not Brian? <laughs> yeah. Well, fair. That's Look, very fair. We all learned a lot here. And that is mainly that Dave is bad at bets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Look, there's the bet. Hey, let's and, keep it interesting. And then there's the actual points that actual teams actually scored. Sure. So, <laughs> this season, it wasn't close. It was way better to hit free hit in 32, 32 than it was to in 31 but unless you're me 
I mean, you also wouldn't say, I don't think that you would predict week 31 to have necessarily the lowest average score globally either. So anyone who scored over 26, that was the average. That was the average that week. So if you did if you did more than 26, you were feeling really good. And right now 33 is on pace. 33, yeah, 33 was Cuz right now it's 20 and granted Chelsea yeah. and West Ham are playing tomorrow. I don't think that's going to change does the anything. average. It might it might bump it up a little bit. If Hazard if Hazard goes crazy, it might it Maybe, might do but it. But that depends on how many people are still have him. The right. owner his ownership probably is somewhere between if we could only know, probably somewhere between 20 and 25 percent would be my guess it might not be that high well dave i got you covered right here and you are wrong again it <laughs> is 33 percent go so maybe that might be enough to to make it jump yeah i think it'll go up if it was enough to move the needle a little bit today i think the average went from 17 to 20 after arsenal everton that's some, interesting. Somehow the average was enough. There was enough people that owned Everton and Arsenal players to move the average Why? Up three points. I'm I not mean, sure. Everton's defense recently has been pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And they yeah. got good again. They got another clean sheet. They sure yeah. did. Amazing. They sure did. Let's go to the top of the table and talk about the match that started game week 33. Southampton won, Liverpool three. What a game, Scott. Great game. Few things to discuss on the fantasy front before I get to the real life front. A lot of things to discuss. First of all, Liverpool are in a title race. Yep. And since they've really realized that they're playing tight, Scott. They're giving up goals. It's getting a little leaky in the back. Now it hasn't affected most results, not in the last few matches anyway, but it has affected all of us in fantasy. Andy Robertson, mm. his eight points last week helped to cover up the fact that Liverpool missed out on a clean sheet there too. What do we make? You you have to treat this situationally now between between now and the rest of the season. With Liverpool, yes, they're at the top of the table. They scored three goals in this match, but they also gave one up. What do we think specifically about Liverpool's defensive options that we've discussed all year long for the last five weeks in a segment we like to call come on this is getting ridiculous i like the name of the segment i was going to ask you scott about your feelings about the next match because it seems like that their next three matches mm-hmm. are the ones that are gonna sh- decide this that thing? will shape a lot yeah this and that those those matches and I, I mean in all, in all competitions. I mean I mean sure. I mean okay. Porto Champions League. Sure. Right. Well, and I would say that and for City game week double game week thirty five. Yep. That's going to decide a lot about this, and then any surprises that we might have outside of that. But those are going to be the the matches of focus. What do I think about this? I think that I have absolutely no idea, but I'm enjoying the ride. I can give you some statistics. Okay. You, you care what I think? Well, you're not a Liverpool guy. No, no. Uh, here's what here's I mean, what you think. Games, I'll I'll other here, than that. Uh, Liverpool moment with Dave. <laughs> uh, well, Mo Salah is uh, well. He's got a heavy first touch, and I uh, <laughs> uh, like Daniel Sturridge. He's selfish. No, look. Um, he should have passed it on that goal. He technically should have. <laughs> no way. It's a good goal. No, way. it's a good goal. He took a goal. Chelsea's good. on a bit of a roll. And now in the last few matches against Liverpool. So they won the last time they played 
at Anfield. Uh-huh. That was in September in the League Cup. Liverpool's last win against Chelsea was in September 2016. Really? Yeah. They That's won 2-1. Uh, if Liverpool have want to have a chance in this match, they really do. I think they do need to dust off Daniel Sturridge because uh, he's been the difference in multiple matches for them in the last two years. I think he comes off the bench. Um, no, I know. Like, it's not like he's, I mean, he's not a big factor, but he did make, I mean, he, he scored the shot. equalizer that shot in the, in the fixture earlier this season. Yes, he did. Otherwise it's, you know, in a match that Chelsea, his best moment of the year. I feel yeah. like that's the last time he had, did anything mean of meaning. That was the one where the you tried to, season. where you tried to argue about uh, whether or not Daniel Sturridge had made shots outside the box. Yes. Um, which it seems like he had. <laughs> uh, in in true Dave Smith betting form, yeah. he seemed to have lost that one also. Um, I think no. you throw all that out the window for this they, match, though, Brian. They, you know, it's it's five days. You know, they play Porto on the ninth, then Chelsea on the fourteenth, then Porto again on the seventeenth, and then they have they're at Cardiff on the twenty first. Liverpool is here, yeah. So it's a bit of a pile, but. We know that the Mo Salah who scores a goal and gets no bonus points is not worth the thirteen dollars three whatever he is. But we also know that assuming that Liverpool advance in the Champions League and they're going to keep pushing for the Premier League title, then everyone's got to play. And all of the matches after Chelsea, you want as many Liverpool players as you can get between weeks thirty-five and thirty-eight. I'm not even worried about Wolves on the last day of the season. But do you want them at the back? That's I was going to say, maybe you toss out Allison in week 38. That might be the one. But the other matches, no way. I feel like they're t- I, f- I feel like you do want them. I mean, even though they've been giving up a goal here and there. At Cardiff, are they going to give up a goal? <laughs> maybe. They scored uh, Callum Patterson scored in the in the yeah. at Anfield. Are they going to give up a goal at home to Huddersfield? Honestly, no. There's no way. Who knows? They're, they're, they just I, gave up one agree. to Southampton. In in real true life, yes, you're right. Who knows? But this, there's no way. Th- this will be the difference going forward. I think you're going to see a little bit more of Henderson and a little bit more of Milner, a little bit more experience and solidity, especially Milner, in front of that defense going forward. Did Trent Alexander-Arnold have a bad game against Southampton? I know he ended up with an assist. I, I think say, Robertson had the worst game. Okay. Robertson was the one that was clo- the defender closest to Shane Long on the first goal. Okay. Yep. And then on the second miss that Shane Long had, when it very easily should have been 2 nothing. Yeah. I don't remember who was closest then, but it was from the same angle, and my guess is that was Robertson's responsibility as well. I'm not necessarily worried about rotation. but no. It's not about playing time anymore, though. It's about points. And I think that I'm nervous even up to Andy Robertson Mm -hmm. about the rest of the season. Because despite the fact that Robertson has been immovable, and we've said that all year long in FPL lineups, I think that you're not going to continue to get attacking returns from him. And so therefore you're going to struggle the more they continue to give up goals in keeping him. Brian, would you feel more comfortable with Allison or Ederson? For the rest of the season? Yes. I'd feel more comfortable with Allison. I probably would too. 
Scott, what say you? Now that I have Ederson coming out of game week 32, I'm inclined to keep him and not use a transfer. That's not what I him. asked. I'm keeping Ederson. If you could have one or the other with no transfer penalties, which one would you have going out? With which no one's more, better? With no more blanks and a double in 35, Ederson. Even though the doubles against Spurs and at United. Yeah, I, I honestly, I might go two discount keepers and give myself some tenths for that. They're also at Crystal Palace the week before that, and then they're home to Leicester and at Brighton, red hot Leicester. I'm just saying. I love I, that. I love the sound of that as a Liverpool fan. I'm just throwing that out. There. Yeah, no, it's true. Like I, I'm just I, trying I'm to s- say, like what's better? Guaida and Gunn has Cardiff and Huddersfield yeah. on the on the schedule. Guaida and Gunn, Matt Ryan for the next two weeks. <laughs> And then, Brighton's doubles. and then other folks. Yeah. No, I, I'm just I, for me looking at those matchups. I am way more comfortable with Allison. Okay, but, but with Allison. Let, let me I'm ask not saying it. Make a transfer. I'm not saying that it's a, just in a, a perfect world. In a perfect yeah, world, yeah, 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 and you yeah. have a choice. Who's the better matchup? I, I, I've been like Allison's leaking goals. Scott, people are trying to win mini leagues right now, and we need good <laughs> advice. Guaida and Gun. Is that the move? That's what I would do. Is this old Barton's? Because here's... <laughs> yeah, that what, that's what we have? There's more. Do you want more? No, no, no. I'm just asking. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> do you expect Liverpool to get all 15 points going out? No, but it'll be close. Do you expect City to get all 18 points going out? No, not at all. Okay. So I guess if that's your thought, you'd go with Allison. Because for City to drop points, right. unless it's nil-nil... Ederson's given up goals. Vardy loves to score against the big, the big... I don't know who has a better shot at clean sheets between the weeks 35 and 37 than Allison does at Cardiff, home to Huddersfield, and at Newcastle. Agree. But I that's can't... when your bum is the tightest. No, for sure. I, I just feel like... I think Virgil's going to look at all of them in the back line and threaten their lives <laughs> and things are going to be just fine. The way he did after that Southampton goal? I think everything will oh, be fine. Oh, man. I, oh, I, in Virgil, I trust, and I'm an Arsenal fan. We like to joke about locker room dads. Virgil gave the dad look oh, to the rest of his back that line. Guy, that guy's my hero. All right. Salah scored here. What do we make of this, Dave? It's a good goal. It's a good take. It, it took a fortuitous clearance off a corner that bounced perfectly to him, and it was a one-on-two. And Good job, Jordan Henderson. He could have, uh, he could have cleared that to... A nice little soft, easy pass to Firmino. Hey, he took it. Credit to him. Great take. No, he set it up perfect. Uh, I don't know what to think. This looked like old Salah. Yeah, that did. But to be fair, he did not have a great game. He did not have a good game at all. In fact, this kind of came out of nowhere. He's had better games, Brian, in the past and got nothing from it. He did not have a good game, and he, and this came out of it. So, look, it it might it might help. It it was finally it was good to see him finally celebrate an actual goal since the week before he scored a fake goal. And I know that you can't do this, but you take you, you kind of have to look at this and say, well, there was another referee decision in fairness that affected the final score. Now it didn't affect who got the points, but the first goal for Liverpool came after Salah should have been marked as offside. Instead, he was able to get to the ball, set up Keita for Keita's first goal as a Liverpool player. Yeah, but thats I feel like that stuff happens every week. I mean, that's fair. It happens every week, but in the VAR world of next season, right. it, it won't. It won't. 
Yes, fair. Now, Liverpool wins by two. Again, you take that goal out, maybe they don't. A lot could change in real life with the rest of that match. But at least as we can look at it now, uh, the bigger it didn't question is the this. Result. Let's get to the real question. Remember, Ryan and I got screwed last week. Mm-hmm. Thanks, FPL, because we got stuck with Salah. That's now, right. technically, we both got points from him this week. Five. Because we couldn't no, afford six. To, we yeah, couldn't afford to transfer six. him out. It would have been seven if he'd have just kept his freaking shirt on. <laughs> now, Ryan. What do we do with Salah? Well, because we wanted to ship him out. That's why I'm saying, I, I, is he worth the money? And I'm wondering, especially with the double weeks for the important strikers in the league, a single match for Liverpool the rest of the way, even in good matchups, is Salah going to? Is he going to get more than a goal? Or is just money in a any of those games? Play? Well, and that's what I'm wondering because the matchups are great. I mean, I'm wondering if I mean if you were going to pick an attacking player, if Firmino's not very, very good point. If Firmino's not the thirteen the, five eight seven for Firmino in his last four. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, and, right. And Firmino's and Firmino's the I was you know in this match in particular he leads the way for you know for everyone in terms of shots. But the, Brian, no one put more than one on target, but but Firmino had five shots here. If he's going to be more active up front and as long as Salah's going to keep starting on a, on the right wing you know i i seems like you'd rather have a cheaper guy at least in Mane who's basically functioning the same way taking the same kind of shots and is $4 well now he's $3 less cuz now that now that Mane is up to t- over 10 this is where I'm wondering if it's not better to drop all the way down to an Ericsson or somebody else, and maybe because it's squeaky bum time, then maybe then maybe you might I don't know maybe don't be sad about getting out of it altogether. Getting out of Salah and or Mane and or Firmino. I, if anyone making making Firmino the preferable choice since so- he's a, since he's still in the nines. And you can get to him as a forward pretty easily, I would guess. Some people listening to us still have their free hits available. And they're going to be using you mean them wild to card. free hit. Or free hit or wild their card. Their wild card. Thank you, Brian. Okay. Their wild, well, they might have their free hits still. Some people but might. Most people, there. I think there are some people out there, and it'd be great strategy. wish I had it. Had their, their wild card for week 34, setting it up for week 35 as a bench boost. So then you can have multiple players with double match weeks. Yeah. Now. That's a perfect strategy in a perfect world. Some people in our mini league, I think, are playing that way. I unfortunately have already used my wild card yeah. and cannot. So let's let's think about them as we're giving some of this advice. You and I both, I believe, own Allison and Robertson. Yeah. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay. So if I move out of the Sala world, do I go to Mane and then maybe bring Firmino in the following week? If I'm just trying to use one transfer per week, you know. What exactly? But the, I can't have Firmino, Mane, Robertson, and yeah. Allison. So I, well, I have to make choices. Well, Allison, Robertson, Van Dyke are the three most owned goalkeeper, defender, that that combination. Okay. Salah and Mane are the second and third most owned midfielders because for some reason Pogba is still seven-tenths more owned than Salah is. Huh. Amazing. I think it's going to be difficult because most people have set their teams up to own two or three of these guys, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult without a wild card to move out more than one in a week. Yeah. Well, so 
But I, I feel like What's the ma- I feel like the, I feel like the matchups don't warrant moving on from them. What's I, your I, ideal like, three? Would you own three Liverpool players the rest of the way? I. It's hard, but I think I still would. Okay, and Scott, would you? Yeah, but I would shift which three from. If you could pick three right months. now, let's yeah. just go straight there. Pick three Liverpool players. Sure, Firmino, Salah, Robertson. Wow, interesting. Okay, Brian. If I had to make the team now, if I was wild carding for next week, there is zero chance that Salah stays in. Agreed. I would need the money somewhere else. I I would I agree with but that. But he's but he's the guy who's the We've talked about. I mean, there's no there's no one that's like his firepower. There there isn't anyone Firmino on his best day, when he has a goal and two assists or something like that. Firmino's kind of like a Lacazette. You might get a goal and maybe an assist, but you're not getting like a hat trick well, from Firmino, him. No, I'm saying Firmino has capabilities of setting up multiple goals and scoring himself. He's done that before. I'm just saying you, you haven't seen it from Liverpool in a while. Them scoring three goals and the fact that it's Henderson and Keita getting two of them... I mean, does that say more about this Liverpool team at this point of the season? I mean, they they put they score five against or they score four against Burnley. They score five against Watford, and it's the Sadio Mane show, right? And now we're back to like in between there, a blank against Everton. They you know they win at the death against Tottenham, or you know, but it's only two one in but that match. That takes us back full circle to where I started this conversation right. by saying. They're in a title race, and you have to look at this situationally. It's not necessarily going to be conventional. However, Firmino is in form. If they're going to win a title, they're not going to be able to do it without Mo Salah. And Andy Robertson is far and away proven to be the most reliable defender on that squad. I think Mane, who is the streakiest player on this squad, I think he's had his streak. I don't think you're going to get anything from him going out. His last, I know that he, he, so six weeks ago, he, he was on a run of 13-3, 14-13. His last two have been 2-1. and one. Which Sadio Mane do you think you're going to get going forward? I don't care about the matchups. That is minimal to me. Really? Because it's about the situation that they're in. Yeah, it's about what, the fact... What, you, it's, it's you less think about, going to move them back in no, the field? No, but it's the moment. It's them walking out in the pitch knowing... Not, not knowing, okay, we're playing Cardiff and we should be able to win this by five goals. It's them walking out and saying... There's four matches left in the season. There's three matches left in the season. We've got to get back into first place if we want to have a chance to win this title. You're saying they're not mentally strong enough to do that. I'm saying... They have to prove it. Manchester City's already done it. And it's not about whether or not... uh, That's true. I'm not saying they're not mentally strong enough to do it. I I think for them to have gotten to this point now, they are mentally strong. Sure. I mean, they've been in a title race for three... I mean, literally all season long, but it's been called a title race since the new year. So I... You know, they're mentally strong, but I think that the moment is bigger than the matchup when you're looking at who to play for the rest of the season. Let's take a look at one guy on the Southampton side of the ball. Mm. Pierre, Emile, Hoybier. P-E-H, as I put him down in my notes, because I got lazy and my... If I use my J key too much, it might stop working. <laughs> His last two matches are 11 and 5. Dave and Brian, for the rest of the season, knowing that Southampton are still in something of a relegation battle, they're, they're threatened, they're not in danger, but they're, they're under threat. Is Pierre-Emile Hoybier a stud or a dud? 
Dave, are you going to scream here, or should I just say what I'm about to say? Man. Oh. I'm really torn. Disappointing. Because that's why I'm going to answer for you, and you're going to agree with me. Go ahead. Fine. For planning purposes for your fantasy Premier League squad for the rest of the season, he's a stud. Because he's 4.4? In real life football, he's a does. <laughs> he's a He's a does. I I, I was feeling does. That's what I was feeling. 4.4 is not going to last long, I don't think. Not with these these returns. The last time he scored, what happens? Everybody floods to him. His ownership is 2.5%. It's going to go up. He has a way, I mean, to me, he's got a ways to go in terms of ownership, you know, as far as the number of people actually buying him this in between week. Uh, He is currently the top 30 most transferred in midfielders so he's like 15th most transferred in of all midfielders okay it's not a ton no it's less than ten thousand. differential guy for sure if you want to go with him i think the thing that's stopping it is james ward prowse a lot more people own him so they, well, they just don't said james own... ward prowse at 5.1 and with james with his set piece danger yes agree and his creative danger he's probably more desirable piece Southampton is about to host a demoralized Wolves. Southampton's that they're hosting Wolves at Newcastle at Watford. Watford's going to be thinking about that FA Cup final, and then uh, home to Bournemouth at West Ham, home to Huddersfield. Southampton, yeah, Southampton has, a has a good run. schedule. Yeah, we, yeah, we remember last week when we talked about that. What I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying is Jackal. that I think. Those prices are really good Agreed. for a for a fifth midfielder. Uh, you know, you, I would rather have him at this point than than Isaac Hayden going out. Like I'm sure a lot and of people, I, I'm Isaac sure most Hayden. people are set up this way anyway to have somebody cheap as a as a fifth yeah. midfielder. So if you're going, if if you can save money, if your fifth guy is a little bit more expensive, and you can make Hoybier your fifth guy. You know, like David Brooks is my cheapest midfielder now. So point uh, seven segue there, Brian. Point we're about seven. To talk what I'm about saying, David I was Brooks. gonna say this is about a perfect segue for what we're about to talk about. Since, well, uh, I know this is non-controversial after a terrible week, but if the Cherries team that showed up Saturday shows up at any point the rest of the season, you're Bail. gonna you'll regret not owning James Ward Prowse. Crush the Cherries. Or or Hoybier instead of David Brooks or Ryan Frazier. Stomp the cherries. Oh, jeez. What's wrong with the cherries? Oh, uh, we'll get there. Before we do, I want to go into Scott's stat of the day. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. It is the number 25. 25. 25, Brian. 25. 25 is the number of Bournemouth Football Club beach chairs that were lined up <laughs> pre-match. To in in preparedness for the club after their game against Burnley. I was thinking 25 was the 25 minutes of the entire 90 that Bournemouth gave a flying flip in the match. Well, it's not actually about Bournemouth. Even oh, though dumb! Dumb segue. Dumb. Yeah, well, the segue came a little early. Oh, uh, I'm going back and finishing up on the Southampton-Liverpool match. For oh, piss. Uh, that's okay. Uh, 25 is the number of times the league lead has changed hands this season. Ooh, that's a lot. It is a lot. That's good, though. And I, I want to make sure, and this is not about me being a Liverpool fan, 
This is about all of us being Premier League fans. Yes. We are not always given the ability to enjoy a title race. Yep. Now, the Premier League and the way that it is set up alongside a lot of the other European leagues and other leagues around the world, uh, opposite MLS, not MLS, but European leagues, <laughs> specifically the Premier League, the way that they are set up, it is the best way to set up a sports league, no matter what. No matter what. However, this year, it has treated us to a season-long, essentially, season-long title race. Yeah. And I want to make sure that in all the midst of our FPL discussion, that we're able to sit back and enjoy that for just a second. This has been special, especially the way it's set up right now with City having the game in hand for a few weeks, and they've got a double game week coming up. So the two clubs have been going, Liverpool and City have been going back and forth, sharing first place, finding ways to win. You know, City won 2-0 uh, in the midweek. Uh, over Cardiff, it, it wasn't the easiest two nil. They're they're feeling it a little bit too. It's just a wonderful thing to behold, knowing that you know even coming up on game week thirty four, we have two matches on Sunday, in the middle of game week thirty four. One features Liverpool, one features City. Who knows what's going to happen? They might both win. There might be a surprise in there too. Either way, I can guarantee one thing: it is going to be just the next step in what has been a wonderful. Pardon the, you know, the cheesy metaphor here. It's been a mm. wonderful journey throughout the entire season. All right, on to the actual cherries now. Yeah. Brian. Uh-huh. I'm going to start with you. We have promoted and plugged uh. and endorsed these attacking cherries at length for months, and uh-huh. rightfully so. But I'm going to give you the last four scores for four guys, the four. Okay, yeah. here we go. I'm going to start with your boy, David Brooks. Actually, Dave's boy, David yeah. Brooks. Three, two, one, two. Okay. And it actually is just that bad if you go back several more weeks. Uh, let's go to Ryan Frazier. My my actual boy. Your actual boy. 13, two, two, two. Yeah. You know, the, the two weeks prior to the 13 were also twos, by the way. Great. Josh King. Two, 13, two, two. Great. Callum Wilson, 11, two, two, two. Yeah. Now, none of these guys have done anything in the last two weeks. All of them, except for Brooks, have done something for one week in the last six. Yeah. If you're Brooks, you're 0 for 6. You're due. The other guy's 1 for 6. Are they due, or is it time to down the cherries? First, I would like to say... This is all sad because why wouldn't you want them for this week? First home league defeat against anyone outside the big six since this same fixture last season. Weird! Burnley's in a relegation scrap, man. November 2017, Cherries lost 2-1 to Burnley. Chris Wood scored in that one, too. Prior to the win against Wolves two weeks ago, Burnley had conceded 11 goals in four matches. Seven of those goals were to Newcastle, Crystal Palace, and Leicester City. 31 goals against for Burnley so far this season on the road. Only Huddersfield, Bournemouth, and Fulham are worse. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Eddie Howe keeps saying, I don't know what anyone's talking about. We're not safe yet. It would take some kind of collapse for them to not be safe right now. They're pretty safe. 
So, yeah, it makes me nervous. Bournemouth has been terrible on the road. They're 10 points ahead. I know. That's what I'm saying. They're safe. They are safe. Eddie is is trying to motivate them to not be safe when they are actually safe, and they know it. Plus... Three of the last five matches for Bournemouth are away matches. That's the thing that makes me the most nervous. Everyone has in their head this magic number of 42. 40. I know. And and as Americans coming in somewhat with, with fresh eyes into this thing, it feels kind of silly. But I get it. It's a magic number. It makes sense on some level. Nice round number. But I think that's what he has in mind. The moment he, they win another match and get to forty-one points, he'll say they're and fine. he and he also in there means ma- mathematically safe, to where they they have no mathematical possibility of of being relegated. Plus, they need fans to come out to their last two home matches. Right. He needs he needs them to he needs them to come out to something. They didn't have a shot in the second half until the seventy-third minute in this match. There's Brian, a, Brian. Uh, but look, this is all stuff we I, know. My I know. question for you though is, do any of these guys matter for the rest of the season? They're fantasy. They are. Places? They are killing me. And you've I, been really pot committed. You got three of them. I do. I do have three of them. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's not great. And the tough thing about them is, is because they're not really expensive. You're making moves that feel really lateral. Yeah. But are probably in the long run that they'll be better. And the the and it's really what's really painful, even more than not getting points from them. Looking at the matchups that are left and thinking, if I don't get points from them and I still have them, at Brighton, Brighton is also in a relegation scrap right now, and Brighton's tougher at home. Fulham, they get to play Fulham at home. To me, that that should be the one, right? That, yeah. that should be the one where you say, I'm going to play as many attacking cherries as I possibly can. You're going to hold them until at least that match. They're going to win 6-1. Six six you think so? Sure, why With not? With Babel scoring the one cottage. Right, area. exactly. Yeah. Then they play at Southampton on the twenty you know, the week after that, week 36. They have to play Spurs at home. That's So even one of the home matches that they have left is against Spurs. And then they end the season at Crystal Palace. The only, th- the only good thing about week 38 is that because it tends to be high scoring, that maybe if you have somebody that... Are you justifying keeping your cherries, Brian? I'm trying to do what I can to think about keeping one or two of them. Okay. Do you still have your wild card? I do not. All right, so you can't just wholesale change cherries out. Exactly. All right, but you think... you think Which, which one or two will you keep? I think Ryan Frazier. I've, I feel like I've been so true to Ryan Frazier all season. <laughs> uh, it sounds like real love to me. Well, I bought him at five and a half. I still, I you know, I've I've had him since he was five and a half pounds. He's six point three now. So it's you know he look he went up in price that he went his price went up this week. So did so did Josh King. Uh, Callum Wilson may have been close because yeah, everybody was on match. him. Of course, sure. of course they went up this week. So I don't know. All I, right, I, so I'm the opposite of you. I have one cherry, and he is a goalkeeper, Archer Boric. Yep, he was my backup keeper kind of my you know i i had him in preparation for my bench boost to chip then all of a sudden for the last couple of matches asmir begovic comes back into the squad didn't look good today two howler plays Mm -hmm. in this match i saw the word flapping used multiple times to describe (laughs) the way he chased after the the corner that chris wood there's another good phrase that you never want to hear and that's no man's land yeah no man's land is always a bad phrase never good for the keeper yeah uh 
So do I hold on to Borich at this point? Well, the thing you care about is that Eddie Howe said, I've always had I've always backed our goalkeepers. I think we have two excellent ones. Mistakes happen. That's part and parcel of the game in every position. Today we made numerous numerous ones in areas of the pitch we wouldn't expect to. I always back my players and I know the quality they have. Tough to interpret this. Is he emphasizing backed our goalkeepers? We have two excellent ones. Or is he emphasizing numerous mistakes in areas of the pitch we wouldn't expect to since it was Begovic making those making mistakes? If he's putting the blame on a defender, uh, was it Mifam, I believe, that started here that was responsible for one of the goals? If it's somebody like that that he's uh, that he's quietly destroying, I don't know. I mean, Boric lost his sp- his spot for n- no apparent reason, yeah. uh, and, and Begovic is the, back in all of a sudden. So I don't know. I'm, I have I'm, the, I don't know what you're going to see. I have the tenths to go from Boric to Guaida, who, by the way, is going on a twelve and ten over the last two weeks. Yeah, and that guy's. I mean, Crystal Palace is in form. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Which we can talk about that because there is an injury concern about that too. Oh boy! Yep. Well, all right. Well, let's go right to that then, so that we can finish this discussion. Because most people probably still have their bench boost and are looking to play it. That's going to include a backup goalkeeper. So, Ryan, let's start here. Crystal Palace, the Eagles are flying. Yep. In these last two game weeks, they've had three matches. I do this thing. I, I keep track of this spreadsheet, which, by the way. Quick plug, patreon.com slash FSFC. That's our page there. There's a tier of monthly support that you can provide to our podcast where you will get access next season to this spreadsheet and the points per pound tally for each player. Now, I have it set up where if a player scores three or four points, that score is in yellow, and then Mm -hmm. anything five and above is in green. And that just helps me see form a little bit clearer for fantasy points from week to week. Everybody in the back for Crystal Palace is getting green scores right now. 12 and 10 for Guaida. 16 and 6 for PVA. Moving forward a little bit. 11 and 10. It's Luka time, guys. His last three matches, or his last three game weeks where Palace have played, to be specific. 10, 11, and 10. Yeah, yeah. Stud. What do we make about Crystal Palace? Now, they're they're probably safe now. Roy Hodgson came out and said that after this match. At 39 points... Following this game week win at Newcastle, he says they're probably safe. Are they going to the beach, or do we are we do we just load up on Crystal Palace with the form that they're in? I can't believe you didn't start this segment with just saying Luka Milivojevic fifteen or sixteen times in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luka strategy, Luka strategy, Luka strategy. I've regretted that, Scott? I have regretted not owning him all season long. <laughs> Since uh, the beginning lots, of the season. Lots of people are, are regretting not having him sooner, the only, the if only not moment, even now. The, the one moment I've owned him was last week on the free hit, mm. and it paid. Well, 11 points, yeah. yeah ten, 10 this week. So I, I like them. I don't think that's a big secret. Even even after being quote unquote safe. Yeah, I mean, safety is a tough one to to figure out. So, two matches. The next two are not great. You don't like them playing home to Manchester City. You definitely don't like them playing at Arsenal. 
but they end the season good. I mean, Everton, Cardiff, Bournemouth. Did we say this already? Did you just say this a second ago? No. Um, I, I like Crystal Palace's schedule for the last three matches. I don't mind their attacking players after Manchester City. They'll probably... Do do people do, does Manchester City feel like they owe Crystal Palace something for the three two smackdown Palace gave them at the Etihad it's earlier a, this season? An interesting thought. I, I wonder about that. Yeah. If if there's something do, not, do, I'm, look, I don't I don't believe in the I don't believe in revenge games. Uh Troy mm-hmm. Deeney has has been part of too many uh non factor revenge games against Arsenal. Uh even in the last couple of years for me to, I think that alone makes me not care because I feel like he has real reason to be mad. Right. And it doesn't always work out the way you want it to. It's true. Um, we've talked about it before. Do you care about, which do you care about? Do you care more about form or matchups? Because people will say, and we've played it a lot this season, that for, that form follows fixtures. That's been, that is the, I think the prevailing mindset for a, for a lot of the strategy that people throw into this. So now you're going to throw an extra wrinkle of, of, of safety into it? I don't know. It, may, it would make me nervous to have more than one. Uh, Zaha or Milivojevic seem like the, you know, is that who we're talking about here? Because yeah, I know tons probably. of people still own Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Brian, who would, I you, do. who would you rather own, Milivojevic or Paul Pogba? Oh, man, Dave, why did you do that? Because that's what I do. Did you come up with this just this second while yeah, you were sitting here? I did. Um, I have an answer to that. I Scott, I, well, I have Brian's thinking. Scott? I think you got to go with Luca. I don't know what you're going to get from Pogba for the rest of the season. It's easy to say that after United are a little down following the loss to Wolves, but Pogba has been a little anonymous for a few weeks now. I agree. That's why I'm asking. And... You know, I mentioned Mane being a streaky player. Pogba might be the ultimate well, streaky player in the league. I know this. I know why my theory is, Brother Matt and I have discussed this, why Pogba might be down a little bit why? the last few weeks. Because Matic has been out. So he's been asked to play in a more defensive role. Okay. And you can look at the other midfielders that, that United's played. Ander Herrera's kind of been out as well. Sure. So. So Ender Herrera and Modic have kind of been occupying those roles in front of the defense. Mm-hmm. Pogba's had to move back a little bit. Okay. I think I think Modic is going to be back soon. If that's the case, Pogba can then kind of revert back to his old role. But the question is still pertinent. I think it's still guaranteed that Luke is going to get a couple more penalty kick goals for the rest of the season. And that will be hard for Pogba to beat. I still say with Luka. Okay, Brian. That's a move I need the, to make because I have Pogba in my lineup right now. I, listen, I do too, and I'm thinking about what do I do with him. Do does uh, Crystal Palace have even the slightest chance at getting to seventh? I don't think so. They have a chance, but it's it's a it's There's a no distant way. it's a distant chance. I don't even think they're going for Watford, seven. Everton, Wolves, and Leicester they're, are in. They're like nine a, points out, right? Which is too many. They're not going for it even. They're talking about being safe. I don't think they're going for it. No, they're eight points out. Forgive me. Forgive me. No, and you want to improve, and you hope you can keep the people you have, and you hope you can bring in somebody, attract somebody else. Well, they're not. Zaha's gone. I wish he wouldn't be, but he is. Yeah, West Ham has a shot, I suppose, at seventh. But, Mm. yeah, I don't – I mean, that would be the tough thing for me is, you know, 
how much of a show do they want to put on for the fans from the you know now till the end of the season? If it's it could just be momentum for a while here too. They've got some momentum. Yeah. So who knows? And that's why I'm saying like it's not a great time for them now that they've hit safety to have to play, you know, defending champion at home and then have to play at Arsenal after that. Yeah. So. So you'd they, rather have Pogba. They could get destroyed in the next two weeks, and then you know they get two of their last three at home against not the greatest. I mean, Everton's doing really well right now, so that's not a, not necessarily a good matchup. To be clear, Palace did obviously lose two nil at Tottenham. The only reason why that's covered up in fantasy in our discussion is because they also hosted Huddersfield in game week thirty two. Right. If if that's split out over two game weeks, this is a different conversation. Yeah. You know who else is flying, though, right now? Leicester City. Yes. Now, we've talked about why. We know why. We know that this is going to continue for at least a couple more weeks, we suspect. Uh Uh-huh. But all the usual suspects still doing it. Yuri Tielemans, sixth week in a row with at least five fantasy points. He got nine this time. Jamie Vardy, 16 for the second time in four weeks. Good on good on Tielemans getting that ball bouncing exactly to him and doing the best possible job with it. Vardy party, Vardy party, who's at the Vardy party? You were saying, Scott? <laughs> Last week, Dave and I made a bet, and it was the drunkest bet I've made so far. Uh, when I heard heard it back, I was surprised that I had made it. I'd actually forgotten that I'd made this bet with Dave. Um, that t- tells you a little bit about how Fair I enough. was when I made this bet. I tr- um, by the way, you'll notice I was shocked at that point. Well, that, yeah, that, like I felt like you doubled down the other way. Yeah, because what I did, realizing <laughs> as I listened back, it was the equivalent to like bidding a thousand dollars at an auction on an item and then bidding against myself fifteen hundred dollars what was i thinking listen i wasn't that's the answer i balked and i tried to somehow get you out of it but at that point i was like well if he wants to do it i need a win so because Saul and firmino put up points but not nearly enough to overcome telemans and vardy in the points per pound bet between 33 and a single week may be enough it might be enough. It, what's funny is this. So I was so fired up fantasy-wise and what that was doing for me is I had captained Vardy. That's why I keep being stupid and singing the Vardy party if you haven't gotten with that. He's got a yet. captain pick, right? Good job, I did. Lucky yeah, this, me. this season you're going to have to stop saying that you never get captain's picks, right? I've gotten lucky a couple times. You're flying up the table too, man. It's uh, – at least for this week, I'm sure. I don't think it's I'm ironic. Sure it will crash next week. I don't think it's ironic that the new version of the Twilight Zone is coming soon to CBS. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, so the points per pound after one game week: three point two two for the Leicester duo, one point seven seven for the Liverpool duo. It's a good gap you got there. Yeah, Dave. that's a that's a good start it, for you. I'm sure it'll tighten up. I agree. It better. Um, but since we're on the subject of Leicester City, we know how good that they are and then will probably be for the next couple of weeks, but maybe not too much longer after that. But until then, we're going to enjoy what we're getting. And while we continue to enjoy the Flying Foxes as well, mm-hmm. we need to learn how to say one of their players' names, a defender specifically. You know, I can't believe we got to game week 33 in the I know, season I know. without getting to what... In my time following the Premier League, I believe has to be the first and only triple umlaut. Listen, Scott, this is his only fourth start of the season. 
Yeah, maybe that's why. Actually, there, there was maybe a third start because he played one match at 79 minutes, so I don't know if he went off or if he came on I'm for sure he an started. injury, that, mm. like an early oh, injury sure, that sure. match. He, so, had, he hadn't played since game week 20 until this game week 33. But it was relevant this week because he is the reason why Huddersfield got an attempt on goal with yeah. the penalty. Yeah, let's talk Therefore, about it. Therefore, Brian, uh, personally affecting you, who he owns Chilwell, and so it, it stripped him of this clean sheet in a penalty that was actually going, action was going away from the goal, right, Brian? Yeah, did you want me to talk about that? Or I was do you hoping you would probably do better than me about it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to say this guy's name? I want I, you to I, say I, this yeah. guy's name. I agree. I can't, I'm a little surprised that we didn't at least bring it up in a... That it didn't come up in a in a new signing segment or something. The music, if there's going to be, is there music? Can we make music on this? Sure, we can come up with something. I think if I have to be in pain here, we should all be in pain. Uh, which song hurts the most? Uh, Blue Daba D <laughs> by Eiffel 65. Okay. Rockstar or Photograph by Nickelback. Uh... Obla D, Obla Da by The Beatles. A notoriously annoying song. Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> You're Beautiful by James Blunt. I feel like this this list is its own kind of pain. I, you, you had me at Nickelback. That's so well, painful. No, but Here, we are a Nickelback-free podcast. We've determined I that. I do have a suggestion for this. You know what song is terrible? I didn't know anything about it until I did some research about terrible songs for this. And, and it, it's new to me because I've avoided most radio pop of all kinds since 2004. <laughs> the song is called Swagger Jagger by Cher Lloyd, who is who is a, a a a British pop star. Swagger Jagger? Yes. She is uh she's I think she I think she got famous on X Factor. What look, all I'm saying is I can't say it's the worst song I've ever heard, but it's the worst song I've heard in a really really long time. Swagger Jagger it is. Swagger Jagger, Swagger Jagger, you should get some of your own. Count the money, get your game up, get your game up, get your, get uh, two your things, game up. You should be allowed to add this song to you, your personal <laughs> or family iTunes. Sure. If and when you use this song, please fade it low enough under what I'm saying that it doesn't make people's ears bleed. But not so low that it can't be heard. Understood. It, the song is so awful. It hurts me just thinking about it. Oh my god. <laughs> this week's How to Say takes me to a dark place. Join me as we all go there. It's Turkish, so not necessarily bad, Dave. Yeah. But not a great start. Not a great, not a great start. It's full of accents. 13 total letters in the name, 5 total accent marks. When 38% of your name's letters have accents, you know that your family history <laughs> likely has a witch's curse that has yet to be broken. You should look into that. The pronunciation challenge starts right out of the gate with a Sadia C. Right a, there, a, a Sadia is a that what? little mark under the C in, the, in this man's first name. That right there gets you a Ch. Oh, okay. All right. Issue number two. Welcome back, Yuma Shock G. For those of you who don't remember the time we how to say 
Ilkay Gundogan's name, uh, yeah. you should not go back and find it in the archives. The issue is, it's a soft G. And when I say soft, I mean so soft that it actually has no sound. So the first name, Chalar. It's Chalar? Chalar. No way. Slightly trilled R, just to remind you that even at the end, there's still possibility for one last bit of hurting. (laughs) The last name, the umlauts and the last name are the birds in a tree to the letters underneath convertible top. Open convertible top parked directly below. Uh, mercifully, the S is just an S, but the umlaut O, we've talked about the umlaut O before, ooh, for, ooh, ooh. Uh, it's something like a uh, the er swallowed in, in bird, Urzel. like the English word bird, or bird flu, <laughs> or I'd rather eat bird flu than do this segment. The umlaut U is just as good sounding like the oo in glue or flu. I'd rather glue bird flu to my trachea than do this segment. (laughs) Finally, just for good measure, the C in the guy's last name gets to sound like a J. What? Shut up. (laughs) Altogether, you get the greatest name in the history of professional football. Chalar Suyunjur. No way. That's Suyunjur? Yes. Suyunjur. That's really close. Chalar Suyunjur. Yep. Unbelievable. Honestly, I am blown away of the education that I'm getting right now. I am pretty sure I have heard Soyunsu as a pronunciation on television. Well, sure. That's how it Because that's what it looks like. Yeah. But it's definitely not Soyunsu. Unbelievable. That is not even close. Brian, give it to me at least three more times. Dave, you do it. Chalar. 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 Soyunsu. Yeah, close. Jew. Jew. Even more of a Jew. Yeah. So you Jew. Jew. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> hey, listen. At the nail in the coffin, Dave, like you said, the nail in the coffin for me, which is really overkill since every letter of the name is like 30 nails. It's so what's that? Like 300 nails? Where's one more going to fit? Yeah, sure. The nail in the coffin for me is that he was personally responsible, like you said, for the Leicester defenders, you know, Leicester FPL defenders getting... No clean sheet. He fouled Carlin Grant, recovering as Grant was exiting the the box, like like one step from being out of the box. Right. I wouldn't be mad if it was a foul, like when he was obviously attacking, because sure. it's dumb. But what are you gonna do? It, this was clearly like he was taking the ball and exiting. Oh my gosh! Amazing. Chalar Suyunju. Well done, Brian. Hey, that by far, I think, I think honestly, Scott, I think that's the toughest name Brian's ever had to dissect. It's the first time I've wanted to compensate him for his time doing that segment. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah. Before we move on, because this is related a little bit to how to say, I just want to bring this up. Yeah. Publicly. This past week, I was at work, ran into a true Bosnian. His name is, I can't remember his name, but it starts with a Z, and he said just to call him Z. Okay. 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 Actually, it wasn't that bad. I 
I just don't remember. I don't want to. If he were to ever listen, I don't want to embarrass him. But Z, I, I, I said, Z, help me with something real quick. Because he, he was giving me, you know, we're ironically both Arsenal fans. We had a little bond there. Yeah. Z, I, I, so I got my phone and I typed out Kolasinic's name. Yep. Because this by far is one of the biggest, I think, ear screeching De Bruyne, De Bruyne, and then Kolasinic's. Kolasinac uh-huh. has been one of the biggest, I think, issues. Oh, that- this earlier today it was Kolasinac. Yeah. Okay. So I typed it out for him. I said, "Z, how do you say this?" He said, "Kolasinac." <laughs> and I was like, "You kissed him. You I kissed did. him on the I mouth." I wanted to say, I wanted to hug him, <laughs> say thank you, thank you, thank you. I said, "Why?" I said, it, "It kills me that that the English PA announcer." That the NBC pronunciation guide—I didn't go into that part—say it wrong. That the English-speaking pe- people say it wrong. Scott, how did this turn into a sub-Arsenal moment? I know, right? It's not really fair. <laughs> Look, can we but, finish but, one? But it's supposed to be in praise of you, Brian. Can we do one last thing to plug Leicester City one more time? Sure. Leicester City legitimately do want seventh place. They legitimately are fighting for this. That's hey, true. Hey, Brodge. They are, Raj has them playing. Well. They are all ex- seem to be excited about this. Brendan Rodgers has come out this this weekend saying, w- "If we can get European football, great." You, so you're, you're not listen. I, listen, I am not. I I still feel the same way about the defenders. Pereira ends up with a, an assist here on the var, on the first Vardy goal. He ends up with the most points of any defender here. But the next two weeks for for the defenders are still okay. Yeah, I think but, after that they're not usable. Well, at all. They just finished with they're home to Arsenal at City, home to Chelsea. And right, that's what I mean. The last three weeks, all unusable. three of those teams are going to be fighting for something. The last three weeks. What I'm saying is, I still believe the same thing. I am not intimidated by those three clubs defensively. That would make me say, if I have, if I have Vardy, Madison, Telemans, I am not looking to necessarily immediately get rid of them. Agree completely, especially because Vardy has a, a history of scoring against the big teams. Right. That's true. And he's feeling he's feeling good right he's now. He's feeling himself. He, Brian wanted to say that. <laughs> I he censored did. himself. I want to jump back to the uh, Newcastle nil Crystal Palace one result very briefly. Because there was a moment here that we ended up spending a little bit of time on in our Slack workspace. Uh, Dave, I think you benefited most from this. Florian Lejeune is the only Newcastle defender to earn a clean sheet in this match. Yep. I don't know how you want to say this, but he was fortunate enough to suffer a gruesome knee injury roughly 59 minutes into the match. He ends up getting credit for playing 64 minutes total before officially being subbed out for the injury yeah. before the Crystal Palace goal. He gets six points. Is Florian Lejeune in your lineup, Dave? He is. Scott, sometimes you get lucky. Yeah, I'll sometimes say. Sometimes you get really lucky. What's horrible is this. So I was uh, not watching at the moment as I was at my son's baseball game when this was going on. And I see that I see Lejeune... Lejeune goes down with an injury via slack, like on the alerts. And I'm like, man, did he get a clean sheet before he went out? <laughs> and he did. It's horrible. Like, this guy's, this guy's season-ending, might have suffered a season-ending injury. And me, selfishly, am thinking, 
didn't get a clean sheet. He's literally snacking on painkillers right now. And I was worried about a stinking fantasy clean sheet. <laughs> now, that's horrible. And I'm sorry, Florian Lejeune, for thinking that. But literally, as an FPL owner, it's the best of all worlds because you're probably going to have to send him out. You know that. There's no questions there. But he got you six points before you did. He got me something. Do. He got me something on the way out. Thank you, so Florian. Good. Oh, we feel your. We don't really feel your pain, but you know what, um, brother Matt. May, that made brother Matt furious. He couldn't believe the luck of that. No, I'll take it. All right. As um, prom- it is sad that he tore his ACL in his. Or well, nothing confirmed. Nothing is confirmed yet. But yeah, it, at the very least, it's a bad injury. Rafa said he hurt a click. He had ACL surgery on his right knee before, so yeah. this time it's a left knee injury. Get well soon, Florian Sorry, Lejeune. Buddy. All right, Brian made that a little too serious there. So let's uh, let's transition now to... But, but great luck, Dave. <laughs> Good job, Dave, for getting that clean sheet. Sorry. Let's transition to uh, today's game that I'm calling At the Beach! Exclamation point. Arsenal edition? Um, well, Dave, we'll get, we'll ask you that question later. I don't have Arsenal in here. I'm going to focus on that mid-table group, group of clubs that are getting some mixed results right now. And I'm going to make a couple of assumptions. Leicester City, you just mentioned, not at the beach. Everton is still a club in form. But there's other clubs. I'm looking at clubs who have suffered FA Cup losses or who might be focused on what's still to play for in the FA Cup, as well as other clubs who have been deemed safe or who are playing like they are already at the beach. And I just want to find out from you guys if you think they are, because if they are at the beach, we should avoid them in FPL for the rest of the season. I'll start from the bottom of the table with the clubs I'm looking at and work my way up. Newcastle United. Dave, I know they're only sitting on 35 points. They're in 15th place currently. Is Newcastle United at the beach? Not yet. No, they can't be. Despite their recent results. Yeah, they Rafa won't let them. They they can't be. They they are they need at least two more wins or they need a few more points. Brian, you agree? Yeah, I don't I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say that they are out. Okay. Bournemouth. I know that there were some jokes already on social media about the closest beach to where Bournemouth play. This past result against Burnley, which we discussed earlier on this show, uh, obviously has contributed to those conversations. Dave, do you think Bournemouth is a club at the beach? They make me nervous. I don't think feel like Matt Ritchie, the manager. I'm sorry, Eddie Howe, the manager, is going to let them go to the beach, but their home performance uh, was a little nervy. I'll He's going to say exactly what we just said. Come on, just let's crush Fulham at home and then we're done. Yeah. And, and then we and then every then we'll play the U23s. I have a bonus question about Bournemouth. Is Eddie Howe out? Is he moving on after this season? Who is he moving up or is he moving down? Uh, he'd be moving up. To where? I don't know. But isn't it more likely than ever that he's moving on after this season? And if we can tell that, but don't wh- you think the players can tell that? Where's he moving to? Is he moving to... I don't know. He's moving to Everton? No. Maybe. Marco Silva, there's rumors there. He's not moving to Everton. He's not moving to West Ham. Maybe Pellegrini leaves. Maybe. Maybe that is the opening Uncle Roy's got to leave Crystal Palace at some point. Is that a move up? I feel like that's almost a lateral move. Crystal Palace is probably a big They're in club. London, though. 
they're in London, but you know, like, yeah, I don't know, man. That it's tough. I don't know. I I feel like he stays and and maybe feels like there's more work to do there. But if the players aren't responding to him, I mean, the the beach. Well, it just depends. The it's beach's a, call is loud and it is lovely. Yeah. So it's hard for a manager to get through to that. But if you know your manager might be looking elsewhere, not that he's actively looking, I know, but the rumors are, are going to be there because he's a good manager. If we can tell that, they can tell that too, and they're going to tune him out. That's, right. that's my point. All right. Crystal Palace. I know we just said they're in great form too, but Uncle Roy just declared them safe. Should we be concerned that they're at the beach? I'm a little more concerned about Crystal Palace being at the beach. Dave, I can tell by your body language that you are too i'm nervous about crystal palace all right i'm nervous uh, what i was going to say about crystal palace too is they're already down mamadou Sako. yeah uh james Tompkins leaves here early we saw it uh and every suspicion is that it's a multi-week groin injury it okay. is definitely a groin injury the question is the severity and so you're looking at a scott dan martin kelly center back pairing Ooh. For Crystal Palace, yikes! Uh, presumably for the next few weeks. And is that the injury concern you were mentioning earlier? Yes, that okay. is the exact injury concern that I was mentioning earlier. Yeah, that's valid. Um, that's valid. Since there is no time, there is no time frame for Sako's return, and there's no, there's nothing known yet about Tompkins' injury, except that the suspicion is that it's not good. So. It's not impossible for them to get over that. The you know players step up. Scott Dan has been there before. It's good that they have somebody of his uh, his experience to step in there. But it's not ideal, especially like I said, the next two weeks you're playing against the top, the top of the top. All right. What about West Ham? This is the club I might be worried about the most personally. Absolutely, I. Not not only am I worried, would I be worried about them? Uh, number one, recently they haven't had the form that, in my opinion, they they probably should have had. Yeah. But their upcoming games at Chelsea, at United, home to Leicester, the high flying Broad Leicester. Yeah. Uh, at Spurs, so that that's their next four games. Yikes. And then they finish up with a home to Southampton, and then at Watford. So neither of those are good either. No, they're not. I, there's nothing about anything about West Ham, what, offense or defense, that I want. And I currently own two West Ham defenders. I'll probably end up holding on to one just because of of I have to. Uh, probably Why? just because of trans. I don't want to take a minus four to okay. get rid of someone. Like th- there might be needs in other areas. Diversify, but not. I might not be playing them. They might be on my bench. So, anyways, that's. I tell you what. Uh, man, get out of the West Ham. Yeah, I uh, this week I got out of West Ham to get into Bournemouth, and it it likely is going to end up being a complete wash. I would think. I ended up taking a minus. Uh, not not my favorite thing to have to do in a in a FPL title chase. In order to get Jamie Vardy, I had to, and that meant getting rid of Felipe Anderson and Marco Arnautovic. You win. You uh, win with that. And so Jamie Vardy, Captain Jamie Vardy and my team likely will make up the whatever points yeah. are scored by Marco and Felipe right. Anderson this coming week. But but to, now as we're saying this, tomorrow against Chelsea is going to say a lot. 
they're capable. They did it before. They probably should have won one nil against Chelsea. They in the, are in capable the, in the fixture earlier this season. And that's the frustrating thing. Like West yeah. Ham, Everton, Crystal Palace, like on their best days, it they can get you. Yeah, they beat whoever. Yeah. Exactly. It's no, still it's, true. it's still professionals versus professionals out there. And the, a lot of these mid table clubs have good professionals. The thing that makes me nervous is top. that the thing that makes me and what made everybody nervous is that they, you know, game thirty one crushed. I think everyone's hopes for them because you know you you get them in what is supposed to be on paper the best matchup of a limited week playing at home against Huddersfield and they concede three to Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. I mean that is like that is painful. Are so, you kidding me? Right. So now, I mean, what, you know, Felipe Anderson was hurt. What, you know, he, whether or not he even starts against Chelsea, I think he probably will. But whether he, you know, how effective he can be. Pellegrini's still having to address the West Ham fans to say, like, basically take it easy on Marco Arnautovic. Like, he wants to be here. <laughs> Get hit, he, he, had a, he had a tough spot, and, and giving him more grief isn't going to help. Yeah. So it's just like, I mean that's 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 the state of it is the, is having to like convince people to be fans still it's not great. I if it were me like I still have Declan Rice. I'm really really hoping Declan Rice can get a header goal tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow against Chelsea which is unlikely but uh yeah, I to me this is a get out of all including Fabianski. There there is no reason to keep him if you're hoping that he's going to get a penalty save in the next five weeks then good man luck. good for you good luck i mean that is some hope i'll end the segment here we're sure to come back to it over the next few weeks but uh, i will be curious to see how wolves and watford respond to their fa cup semi-final earlier today as well that'll be fascinating to fantastic watch. game if you haven't seen it dave everton won arsenal nil hurts this is not the best time to be an Arsenal fan right now. They no, are still no, fourth. No, that's not that... true. It's fine. It's fine to be an Arsenal fan right now. Hmm. It hurts today. <laughs> okay. Look, it always hurts after a loss. True. But Arsenal wasn't horrible today. Okay. Is this your Arsenal moment, or are you just... No, sure. Let's just, let's blend it in. Okay. Arsenal wasn't bad today. I want to be give credit to... I thought I had seen Everton's best game games when they played Liverpool. I feel like Everton's best games probably all year were the yeah. two Liverpool matches. Sure. Today might have been better than that. It felt like there were 13 defenders on the field. They, they were everywhere. Arsenal could not get a second to make a pass. And it, was, and it wasn't just the, a, f- a few minutes of the game or, or you know, sections of the game. It was the whole game. Everton was unreal today. Brother Matt said on Slack, I think, did Everton think that, that they were playing Liverpool today? The Mercy like, said Derby. Yeah. yeah. Was it a Derby today? Yeah. Like, it was that type of match. Arsenal were red, right? Leno, if it wasn't for Leno, Everton <laughs> should have scored three other goals. Um, Leno had to make one-on-one stops multiple times on attacking Everton players. Jay Leno. Leno! <laughs> Leno! Not Leno, Leno! What's wrong with me? I don't know. Look, I'm not going to beat up, beat my fandom up today over this loss. Okay. You never want to see your team lose. 
But I'm I'm mature enough, I feel like, to recognize the fact that the club you're playing has good talent, and they were just better today, and they were on it. They no, were on it today. No one's more Jekyll and Hyde than Everton this year, though, are they? Look, they were good, man. Except they were maybe really, Arsenal. really good. Listen, well, no, that's fair. <laughs> Arsenal home and away, right? First half and second half. <laughs> you're right. That's fair. Totally fair. What you say is totally fair. Um, credit to Emery. Look, he tried at halftime to make changes. He brought Aubameyang and Ramsey on at half, mm -hmm. as he likes to do, and really went offensive. So I think for the first time this year, he had Ramsey, Ozil, McTarian, Aubameyang, and Lacazette all in the field at the same time, and they still couldn't get it done. Everton was that good today. Gaya was everywhere. Yep. He was the disruptive force in the midfield. Arsenal could get nothing moving forward. Idrissa Ghanagaya? That guy uh -huh. was was man of the match. He was fantastic. And so I look, I just wanna I just want to tip my hat to Everton. They did great today and and they had their day. Arsenal sitting in fourth before Chelsea kicks off against West Ham. You still feel okay about top sure. four? I still love their schedule going out compared to everyone else's. I think this is a is a small blip. I don't think it's gonna affect our like like I said, Arsenal didn't play that bad. Mm -hmm. Everton was that good. It's fun to have a two-team title race. It's also fun to have a four-team race for two places. There's no doubt, and it, it is tight. Every match with those four clubs changes the order of those four clubs, and that's what makes it fun. That's yeah. what's going to keep us watching it, at the end it, of the season. It will be fantastic. You can't really ask for too much more. I guess we could have more of a relegation scrap, but, I mean, you know, when you have six clubs at the top battling for four spots, and yeah. all four are being battled for. Yeah. Can't ask for more than that. Agree. Dave, I'm going to throw out six numbers at you. Okay, bring it. I need you to tell me what to make of these. Yeah. 15, 70, 34, 79, 29, 45. Do you know what those numbers represent, Dave? I got a clue probably with the last one, but up until that last number, 45, I would have struggled. It sounds like now Aubameyang's numbers in games. Minutes, minutes. in games. Minutes Aubameyang's in games. minutes in the last six. I what? None of those are 90. Not a one. What do I make of that? I don't know, man. Yeah, you do? Emery, Emery loves to do some things. This, is, this has been back and forth all season. Emery's been consistently inconsistent with Aubameyang and Lacazette starting games. You can't predict it. He's going to blame... What every other manager is going to blame, which is we have a lot of matches. Lots of guys play a lot. We need to manage their minutes for these other things that are going on. I can. He said it. I can start. He's already done it. I mean, it doesn't have to say it. It's I. I can play Lacazette and Aubameyang together. I just don't. I, some sometimes I'm going to start one of them, and the other will start on the bench. Sometimes they'll play together. Sometimes I'll switch it up. Aubameyang has scored 14 more total points on the season than Lacazette, but over those last six matches, Lacazette has scored 14 more points than Aubameyang. Sure. And as an Aubameyang owner, who, by the way, is worth like a pound and a half more, roughly speaking, than Lacazette, it hurts. I, I think this. He's also is shown when there's been Europa League matches that his front four or six, he's not scared to completely swap out. 
part of what made last year so simple with Aubameyang was that he was transferred in in January and could not play in Arsenal's Europa, Europa League yeah. matches. You knew he would play in the Premier League. We don't have that this year, and it's made it hard to be an Aubameyang owner. I think this, too, obviously we're not in the locker room, or in the managing room, in the, in the dissection room when they're cutting up tape. I think literally he truly analyzes every single match and, and tries to figure out how they're going to attack him and then goes with the personnel. It's not just like I have Harry Kane or Aguero, I throw him out there. What is it, though, about Emery's inability to dissect tape so that he gets his first half squad right? Great question. Um, because it, it's there's something to this because it's been all season long now. He sees something on tape, puts out a squad in the first half, changes it for the second half and gets it right in the second half. There's something there's something he's seeing in person that he's not seeing on tape, and I'd love for the life of me to know what that is. That's a great question. I don't know. Also, I'm gonna I'm just gonna have Arsenal and Unai Emery are going to force me to do those fantasy leagues that have in-game substitutions so that I can only own Arsenal players in the second half of games. Dave, the question that Robbie Musto was discussing uh, post-match today is that the other big concern uh, for fantasy purposes, what drives me crazy about Arsenal is we've already talked about what a good schedule on paper they have the rest of the season. But rotation plus defensive uh, frailty makes almost everything about Arsenal undesirable top to bottom. Agreed. It's true. There's yeah. not one player other than Lino that you would say, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to play every match from now till the end of the season. And I don't want him. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, the one advantage that Chelsea and Arsenal have over Tottenham and United going out is they, they both have two chances to try to make Champions League. They both are still in Europa League, so if they win it, they have a chance to attain a Champions League spot next year and or finish in the top four. Right? Yeah, but Arsenal are playing Napoli in the quarters. Is that right? Yeah. Of Europa League? Yeah, sure. That's not easy. It's not easy, but it's not like it's tougher than some of their uh, their Premier League matches. Mm. All right. Uh, Dave, also not helpful for Arsenal. Socrates picked up his 10th yellow card of the That's season not today. Good. And so he will now be suspended at Watford and Palace. Watford is going to score 12 goals. They might. Uh, get <laughs> De La Feu ready. Get uh, Dini ready. In the I Watford am seriously match. considering making Dini a single week transfer in to be able to play Arsenal at home the team that he has absolutely no issue disrespecting in the worst possible way. Huh. Socrates is a massive loss defensively. I feel like the, I feel like multiple times today I heard an announcer say, "And there's Socrates bailing them out again." Yes, and Mustafi was constantly putting them in in. Socrates had to keep bailing out Mustafi. What Mustafi what was time. lucky not to get sent off on that Calvert-Lewin tag. I agree. What, what makes me nervous about them in every possible way is that if they go if they go down a goal like they did today, no matter what kind of goal and no matter what club it's against, they don't have the defensive structure to be able to not you know to prevent a counterattack they seem worse whenever i mean they are lucky that our or that everton didn't score however many more well today. so so torreira has been dinged up torreira didn't play today 
he they, the Arsenal defense is better when Torreira plays. And Xhaka is only now getting back to that's being correct. able to play again. So and, that's not and, a great spot for them to be up to this point. No. So El, El Nenny and Guendozi started in front of the defense today. Even Ramsey couldn't recover enough to be able to go on a tear and destroy Everton single-handedly today. No one was dis- destroying Everton today. I'm telling you, they were that good. No one was destroying them today. That's fact. All right. We know that Chelsea and West Ham will finish out game week 33. That is coming up tomorrow night as we're recording this. Probably will already have happened by the time you hear this. Uh, But we need to go back to the matches that took place after we recorded last week as part of Game Week 32. Just two brief notes that I want to mention. The first is that I want to give out my honorary meaningless fantasy half point as something that occurred during Game Week 32. In the United loss to Wolves, Ashley Young picked up two yellow cards, courtesy of Mike Dean, sent off, uh, rightfully so in my opinion. I'm giving my fantasy half point to Ashley Young because it takes a special skill to play in both matches in a double game week and somehow come out with negative points. Uh. And that's what happened with Ashley Young. A two and a negative three, leaving him with negative one on the double game week in which he played both matches. And so I know that this doesn't mean anything i know that it's not real i know that it's honorary only and i know it doesn't even get him out of the negative for the game league but i'm gonna give my fantasy half point to ashley young manchester united defense that's really kind of you and unnecessary really it's just rubbing in the fact that he's negative one on the double game week but anyway moving on we lost our second club this past week fulham one year wonder and it's sad because I like Fulham. I like Fulham as well. They've long had connections to the United States. And uh, and I was hopeful that this would be more than a one-year wonder. It was not meant to be. Yeah, their Fulham, best moments were were exciting enough that you'd say, I wouldn't mind if they were good enough to stick around. Well, <laughs> it was a bad season all around. If you yeah. look at their defender points, I made fun of them for much of the first half of the season for how few points their defenders were scoring in fantasy. It hasn't gotten any better, even though it it became a stale storyline, so we haven't kept doing it. But it's rough. Their highest-scoring defender is Callum Chambers with 42. That's not good. All that to say, Fulham is now officially relegated. I hope that they can come back again soon. Uh, Largely relegated because of some name-brand players who very much underperformed. They spent a fortune. They spent a ton of money. Uh, You know what's weird? Alexander Mitrovic is still leading the Premier League in shots. He's tied. I feel but like he's still he hasn't leading taken the, the shot. He's still tied with Salah. But I feel he, like he hasn't taken a shot in forever. That's exactly why I'm saying, you know, what's weird. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that yeah. is weird. I think it's a weird thing. Very weird. I was hoping for more from Andre Sherla, John Michael Sari, and I know I'm not the only one. Ryan Sessegnon just could not. There, there was no. It's funny, maybe others would disagree, but I just feel like everyone else around him dragged him down without any of the talent around him that he had last season. Yeah, that's the one good thing for him is that I wonder if he'll rethink his decision to stick with his boyhood club over this transfer window. If you're a Fulham fan, you hope he does. Yes, for sure. you got to get rid of the dead weight that you, you accumulated to get into the Premier League, hoping it would actually be something of value. 
and you got to let him shine. Au revoir, Angisa. Yeah. Well, wasn't he club record signing? Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, let Sessegnon and Mitrovic do their thing down in the championship next year. Anything you want to say to uh, Fulham, Dave? In memoriam? Au revoir. All right. Uh, Charlotte had his moments. He had a he had a he had good a good stretch or two this season. Two hey, or three moments. Callum he had a, Chambers he had a handful of. Callum moments. Chambers can uh, can come on back to Arsenal. Now you want him back this this week? Actually, he's okay. <laughs> Seriously, as fast as possible. Honestly, we'd take him this week. All right, game week thirty four is coming up. Starts again on a Friday. Do not be caught off guard by that. Some people, Scott, might have been caught off guard this past week. Lots uh, of people were. Maybe you, Scott? You know what? FPL is just <laughs> lower on my priority list these days. That's all there is to it. Friday, start with Leicester-Newcastle. That, that promises to be interesting. Leicester gets to play Newcastle at home under the, under the King at, Power lights. At night. Sign me up for another Vardy captain. Yeah, that's true. No doubt. The game week will continue on Saturday. Spurs kick things off against Huddersfield at home. Their new home. Got to feel good about Kane there, too. Captain well, Kane. Here's what, what, what if you own Vardy and or Kane? Here's what makes me nervous about Spurs beyond just their their weird form. Pochettino's trying to leave? No. Uh, well, that doesn't help things as those rumors keep heating up and then cooling off. Huddersfield is in between the first and second of the three matches that they play against Manchester City. What other club in history has ever had to play the defending champion of the league three times in four matches? Has anyone had to play Manchester City three times That's out of so four bizarre. straight matches? That's so wild. That's because the they're way playing sp- twice in the Champions League yes. and once in the Premier League. So they have to pl- Spurs have to play Manchester City. And I know that goes the other way too. But still, like, Huddersfield... But their schedule literally is City, Huddersfield, City, City. Yes. In all competitions. Yes. It's not, so weird. Not great. And that means that the priority is City. And so I'm not saying that Harry Kane is going to necessarily rest. He doesn't want to ever rest. But playing against Huddersfield... Too good? Matchups too doesn't good? Doesn't really matter. Mm. It they, does though for top four. They need it to does win for top four. But I we know. also saw City put out an entirely B squad against Cardiff in the middle of thirty-two, and they did just fine. So Pochettino Look, doesn't necessarily have it a. Could B be Lorente time. That's what I'm. That's <laughs> that they play him at home. So not only is it Huddersfield, it's Huddersfield in the new stadium. Or do you start Kane, let him score two goals in 62 minutes and send him out? They very well could just to give the guys the run and the minutes, let the guys let the guys play sometime after halftime and then bring on, oh, I don't if know. If Harris is asked, uh, do you want to play, we know he plays. They, they'll put Harry Winks up top. <laughs> I, like, I, wrong I, Harris? <laughs> this, to me, this... This knocks the Spurs, the matchup, it knocks the, that matchup down to near the bottom to me. I, it's one of the best huh. matchups that I can think about not caring about almost the most. We already talked about Brighton hosting Bournemouth. We talked about Southampton hosting Wolves. Uh, Everton, inform Everton, travel to Fulham, newly relegated Fulham, Craven um, Cottage. You know what's weird about Everton, and I'm not going to keep saying that, is that now all of a sudden they're... They play three of their last five in really 
you know what you would say are, are decent matchups at at Palace isn't great in three weeks, but at Fulham, this is really difficult for me to not want to to double up on Everton with the possibility. And I mean, I'm not not to bring in Pickford if you don't have him, but like Dina, Seamus, one of those two, Gilfie, or I would prefer now. I'm gonna say I prefer Gilfie over Richarlison. And yes. then, uh, and then, in a decent form, Dominic Calvert Lewin is not a terrible third striker option one. here. Clear number one. Hey, Dominic Everton's yeah. been in good form. They have shown that they're not at the beach; that they're fighting for something. And but here's the thing: if I'm an Everton fan, like you remember the days, like today against Arsenal, like a couple weeks ago against Liverpool, the first game against Liverpool, and you're like, why can't we see this team show up every week? This one's because of their manager. This one seems. This one feels really? more than just too good to be true, though. I, like this to me is I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I want someone from Everton next week, and I know it stinks that in two weeks they play home against Manchester United. But what difference does that make? I don't know if it makes a difference now. It's it's the potential of four weeks in a row of of at least someone being useful from Everton. Yeah. So, man, that's a that's a tough one. Relegation six pointer, Burnley hosting Cardiff. No one, I want no one in that match. I mean, well, I was gonna say, do you guys care one little bit about Brighton and Cardiff having double weeks here? Well, that was gonna be my last question, so thank you for asking that now, Brian. Yeah, but yeah, Brighton and Cardiff end the game week on Tuesday, so they both have two matches. Brighton hosts in game week thirty four, thirty five. In thirty four, this upcoming game, it's yeah. an eleven match game week. No, game week thirty four. I, do, I don't care about that at all. Cardiff is away to Burnley and Brighton. Brighton hosts Bournemouth and Cardiff. If every single one of those matches ends one one, I. We'll probably just sit there and shake my head, smoke a cigar. And, not even yeah. Glenn Murray, right? Put my put my no, feet up I, on the table. I'm, I'm not going out of my well, way. If, if if you already have one of those guys. I'm guessing, I mean, Matt Ryan, Matthew, Lewis team. Dunk, Shane Duffy. I mean, to me, those are the ones who are the, if you're going to buy Brighton, All you're right. buying one of those three. Here's the ultimate question. Yeah. Dunk or Duffy. You're not buying both. Dunk or Duffy. Which one? If I if Duffy. it was me, I'm buying Dunk, but only because he's cheaper. But Duffy's the more dangerous for sure of the two. Because I I am I am tempted by that. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, if you're a football fan, Sunday's your day. You know who's due? Who? Umar Nias. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's taken 15 shots, Scott. That's 15. Not That's almost one and a half shots. Listeners, per I'm sorry. That's not relevant. FPL. Advice. Oh. <laughs> United's hosting West Ham to finish up the Saturday talk, and then Sunday. Sunday's the day where we just sit back and enjoy the football. Crystal Palace hosting Man City, Liverpool hosting Chelsea. Man, those are some. That's some matches, right? That's there. a day. That is a day right there. And then Monday, we hate these weekday hate matches. Mondays. But Watford, Arsenal, and then we already mentioned Tuesday's Brighton and Cardiff. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, I could easily see City and Liverpool both somehow winning, and both giving up goals. And bringing that FPL average score way down yeah, in game week 34. That's a good point, Scott. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised to see Manchester City smack Crystal Palace around mm-hmm. a bit. If if they're going to dip, I agree with you. Zaha getting dragged down in the box again by somebody. Otamendi. Yeah, maybe Danilo. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever, whoever's there. Benjamin Mendy. Oh, come if he, on. Well, hold on. 
John Stones is going to do it if anybody's going to do it, right? It very well could be. I mean, I just, I don't know. I That was such a shock. City was in was in pretty good form whenever Palace beat them last time. I feel like I feel like the tables have turned a bit. I just can't imagine Palace putting up a huge fight here other than for the home fans for enough time to make it respectable, but I don't know. Uh this is Aguero Aguero and Sterling are the uh the boogeymen here. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't hesitate captaining uh Sterling or Aguero if assuming Aguero's back for this match. All right, Dave, we're there. We did it. We've covered three game weeks, 32, 33, 34, everything that we can discuss as we sit here on this Sunday night, uh, literally still in the middle of game week 33. But everything I think that you need looking ahead, you've gotten in this episode. Anything that we need to add, we will do so on either Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, not really Patreon, although I am supposed to be posting there. Whatever, yeah. we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but those are our social media outlets. Look for Fantasy Soccer FC wherever you are on those, and you'll find us. Sounds great for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time.